0: Good morning, it's Pastor Julie, and our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will rise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king, and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today is Christ the King Sunday, the last day of the Christian year. We begin each year with the birth of Christ and move through the year listening to his teachings, learning from his example, and encountering Christ as he walks to Jerusalem to die on a cross. Then we celebrate as we witness the resurrection and receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as the church is born and a new generation teaches us what it means to follow Christ. But on this day, we not only acknowledge Jesus as the one we follow, we call him King. In our world today, We've really lost touch with the image of king. Yes, they have a new king in England, King Charles III, but even in that context, a king is not really what a king was in Jesus' day. Kings had absolute power then. What they said was law. There were great rewards for loyalty and terrible consequences for those who did not give due respect to their ruler. In England, there was a time when you could lose your head. Today, no heads are rolling, at least not literally because they don't have that kind of power anymore. They are more figureheads than true kings. So what does it mean for people like us living in a country that exists because it rejects the idea of a king? the one, To call the one they follow their one true king. The dictionary definition isn't surprising. A king is the title given to a male monarch or a supreme ruler over a nation or territory. But we throw that title out for more than just rulers of countries, right? Last week we talked about how we throw around the word love to mean a lot of different things. This week that word is king. What does it mean today to call someone a king? I found a long list of musical artists that included many who have been declared the king of something. Louis Armstrong is the king of jazz. Garth Brooks is the king of country, the king of pop, Michael Jackson, the king of blues, B.B. King, and of course, the king of rock and roll, Mr. Elvis Presley. But also given that title on this list were Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, and Little Richard. (laughs) Apparently, you can have more than one king in a musical genre. King, in this case, just means a dominant figure in that style of music. So if we call Christ our king, What does that mean to us? Is it just an honorific title? Something that says we really like Jesus more than all the other kings in our lives and in the world? Do we tend to let many things? We do tend to let many things rule in our lives, don't we? Has the title become, like in England, a name for a figurehead without any real power in our lives? Has the title become, Something worse, do we feel that a king exerts power and authority without, us over our con- without our consent, like in the days of the Revolutionary War? What kind of king is Jesus? What do we want in a king? Do we even want a king? And what does that have to do with shepherds and sheep? On this Christ the King Sunday, we'll try to define the word king for ourselves, as followers of Christ. And maybe we'll be able to see a king in the face of the good shepherd. And maybe, just maybe, we'll find some peace and comfort in calling Christ our king. Our passage today is from the book of Jeremiah. He was a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah long after Israel became a divided nation. And he was called by God to a terribly difficult job. In fact, God told him he would fail. How's that for a job description? He came to speak truth to power to tell the rulers of Judah that they had led the people so far away from God that they would be sent into exile, taken captive by another nation, and watch Jerusalem and the temple be destroyed. As you can imagine, he was not a popular guy. Not too many people believed him. He spent a lot of time locked in jail, kept standing in a muddy well, mocked and shunned. Yes, a happy and fulfilling job for sure. But when life seems to be going well, it's hard to believe that things will be heading south. We know it works that way sometimes, though, don't we? Just think about all those parents of kids who have died in school shootings. They sent their kids off to school, normal day, and then in one instant, everything changes. And we hear those parents say it over and over. Cherish the time you have, because you never know which moment will be your last but we really don't hear them. We don't change our behavior or way of thinking. We don't ever truly believe it will happen to us, and that's what's going on in the minds of the kings and people of Judah. Keep talking, Jeremiah, but all I hear is blah, blah, blah. That's never gonna happen. Well, to be sure, no one wants to hear words of doom and gloom. No one wants to stop and think about their own behavior and admit that it could be destructive somehow. But even though they may not have been the king of souls like James Brown, they were kings of denial, and destruction was headed their way. And we know it's bad when Jeremiah begins with the word, Woe. Woe is a cry from a funeral lament. It's an announcement of death, and in this case, definitely announcing the funeral of those being addressed who are the rulers of Judah. And not just the king, but those in power. And in Judah, that included political as well as religious leaders. Judah was a theocracy, where the religious leaders also had political power. And the king was supposedly the head of the church. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. See, here's where king and shepherd intersected meaning. At this time, the image of the shepherd was a good one. A king was also called the shepherd of the nation. A king's role was to provide for and protect people in just the same way a real shepherd looked after their sheep. And that means making sure they had all the basic necessities of life, but also that they were kept safe from all harm. In God's eyes, that meant providing for the poor, the widows, and the outcast. It meant equal justice for all. But first and foremost, it it meant leading them down the right paths, staying faithful to God and living the way God had called them to live. The kind of kings they had become were greedy for power. They were trampling over the poor to attain more wealth and power. But the harshest harshest accusation was that they were leading the people away from God and promoting evil, that they didn't care at all about God's people, the sheep, and the time had come to put an end to all the destruction they were causing. Unfortunately, that meant wiping the slate and beginning again removing those in power who were so corrupt and allowing the total destruction of Jerusalem. Life for them would change in an instant, but they refused to listen or to believe it. God tells them what kind of kings they should be. By telling them the qualities of the shepherd he would raise up for his people, shepherds who will watch over them so they will not fear anymore or be dismayed, and not a single one of them will be missing. For those kings who only cared about themselves, who were not shepherd kings at all, new kings would arise, chosen by God who would bring justice and peace, faithfulness and righteousness back to the kingdom." He tells them that one day he will raise up a new king who will deal wisely, execute justice to save Judah, and they would live in safety. His name, the Lord, is our righteousness. This king would lead them back to God. If we remember, David, who became the greatest king of Israel, was a shepherd. He learned how to trust God by leading his sheep, protecting them from bears and lions, which gave him the ability to kill Goliath with just a stone. A good shepherd leads his sheep to clean, calm water, to green pastures, and searches for any that go astray until they are found and return to the flock. A good shepherd fends off all that try to harm their flock and walks with them to keep them safe, even in the presence of predators. Does that sound familiar? David himself expressed it beautifully in Psalm 23, and reading it from the New Revised Standard Version, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows." Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Jeremiah tells them that their funerals are imminent, at least the death of their reign and life as they know it. He tells them that God will raise up new kings, new shepherds, who will be good shepherds like David, the true shepherd king, called a man after God's own heart. Prophets spoke about the events happening in their time and place, and everything Jeremiah spoke came true. The people were scattered, taken into exile. The kings and other leaders were imprisoned or executed. But yet, God still brought them back 70 years later, and Jerusalem was slowly rebuilt. Life was never the same again, and they all knew it was because of their unfaithfulness, their lack of concern for one another, and their inability to follow the true shepherd, the one true God. Even in this disaster, God was still with them and had plans to restore them, to never let them go, just like a good shepherd. We know as people of faith in Christ that this prophecy didn't just refer to the kings of the day, but looked forward to the day when God would raise up the good shepherd. Jesus, who comes from the line of David, who comes to show us what it means to be king, who executes justice and righteousness, who comes to save not only Judah and Israel, but the whole world. He comes to be our shepherd king, who leads us in the paths of righteousness. The shepherd king, who watches over us, provides for us, and leads us beside still waters. The good shepherd, as he tells us in John 10, who lays down his life for the sheep, those who know his voice and follow him. The shepherd who leaves the ninety-nine and goes to find the one lost sheep so that no one will be missing. Jesus, the king, who is not a king of power in the earthly sense, demanding loyalty, seeking personal glory, but a king who, as Ezekiel says in chapter 34, will be the shepherd of his sheep, who will make them lie down, who will seek the last, the lost, and bring back the strayed, Bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. When the wise men came to Herod to ask where the child who was born to be king of the Jews would be found, the priests and scribes quoted the prophecy in Matthew 2.6. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Jesus is that shepherd king. A king with all the power of the universe in his command, yet he chooses to become a shepherd, a king of peace, an emissary of the love of God, a king who seeks the least, the last, and the lost, a king who gives away his power so we, the sheep of his flock, can have life. So who or what are the kings of our lives today? What or who do we worship Are they worthy of our devotion? Can we firmly claim Christ as our king? In Jeremiah's time, it was considered an act of disloyalty to claim anyone but the king as our shepherd. So when we say, the Lord is our shepherd, we declare our loyalty to God and proclaim our intention to live under God's reign. We become the sheep of the good shepherd, part of the kingdom of God. But it's our choice. We can worship power and wealth, status, and people who have qualities we admire, or we can turn our lives over to the Good Shepherd. When we need peace, we can turn to the Good Shepherd who leads us to still waters and green pastures and walks with us through the dark valleys of our lives. When we face the enemies of our peace, like illness, broken relationships, bullying, fear, self-doubt, we can turn to the Good Shepherd, our King, the king. The powers and principalities of this world will crumble and fall, but he will never leave us or forsake us. The shepherd king comes to us with power, but gentle and humble, watching over us every moment of our lives. He will lead us in the right paths, the ways that lead to life, if we follow him and claim Christ as king. So let us claim Christ as our king together, as we say that beautiful psalm together, this time from the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake.